go. Quake Show on three. One, two, three. Quake Show. Welcome to the Quake Show show. This is Hunter Taubes, your host. We just wrapped up the first week of fall practices and just going to give a little insight on what went on, what really happened, some new faces, um, players and staff. Let's really talk about it before we get into the interview with Owen Cody that I recorded um, back over this summer. Really just had a, you know, sort of a great first week. It was great to see everyone. Great to be back. You know, players were all excited to be there, to be with each other, um, and really looking forward to the 2023 season. Obviously, the team has huge goals, huge plans with some unfinished business, and really just take that next step um, as a team and move forward. With that being said, you know, freshmen, it was their first week of practices. Um, you know, I spoke to them individually all a little bit. Just be like, hey, man, just want to let you know that um, you're here for a reason. So enjoy it have fun and uh it's a great place to play it's a great place to be around and it's a great group of people to surround yourself with bringing on a couple of new staff members so along with myself um we'll have luke castellini with the team last year helping out with some data stuff uh as well as a couple of new guys uh one from temple is uh cory elmer and then we got another kid jackson who's coming in uh he's a freshman at penn so uh, the baseball program is building out a little bit of a staff now, um, which is actually a really great thing to see, because when I was brought on, it was just me last fall. So um, it's a really great way for the program to continue to build up, um, because it's not just on the field where the team is making strides; it's off the field where we're building up and trying to create a really strong program all around. And without further ado, my interview from a couple weeks ago with Owen Cody, left-handed pitcher, senior this year for the Quakers. We had a blast. We talked about, you know, some of his family life as his parents are both Harvard alumni. We talked about his goals, expectations for the year. Um, and it was just a great conversation. You know, Owen is one of the players I'm closer with on the team. So it was, it's always good to sit down and talk to him. And uh, we just really had a lot of fun. All right, everyone, I'm here with Owen Cody, left-handed pitcher for the Quakers. Owen, what's going on, man? Thank you for hopping on. Of course. Happy to be here. I'm excited. This is actually um, sort of our first interview that we're putting out with a player. So uh, pardon me if um, I'm a little shaky with my questions, but uh, we'll get into it. We'll talk about this past year, um, your junior year. You know, obviously you had a great year. Compiled great stats, 2-8. Zero ERA, which was the lowest in the Ivy League. You had a batting average against of 200, lowest in the Ivy League. You're tied with seven wins for first in the Ivy League, came in fourth for strikeouts with 74. What did that sort of the culmination of the past couple of years, you know, your freshman year, cut short, your sophomore year, really weird with that 14-game schedule. What did that the past two years mean coming in and having that really great year? Um not just in league play, but also, you know, the first couple series of the season. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, it's accumulation of a lot of hard work, not only mm -hmm. on my part, but on the parts of all my teammates, all my coaches, all the support staff um, who gave us the opportunities during COVID. Uh, even when our season was cut short, that last kind of half of the spring to work out, to, um, to, you know, get better on our own. Um, so that when the season came around and we knew it would come back eventually, full season where we get Ivy League play, you know, Penn was ready to go. And the guys that um, wanted to get better had the opportunities to when we were all shut down. So um, it was just, it was good to be out there. Um, 
and just competing with my teammates and my friends who I've obviously known for three years, but haven't had the chance to step on a field with in a real um, competitive game situation for a long time. So it was just good. It was good. It was a good season. Yeah. Speaking of those stats that earned you an honorable mention for the all Ivy league team earning that, what does that mean to you again, with that hard work over the past couple of years, what does that sort of acknowledgement mean? I mean, it's a great, great accomplishment. Um, super proud of it. Uh, you know, I love seeing all the guys on our team get great, great, um, you know, recognition for their work. We had so many guys on the first team, so many guys on the second team, so many honorable mentions. And I think it just shows what a well-rounded program um, the coaches have built and, you know, the desire for everybody to achieve um, at their highest level. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was just happy to see everybody do well. And obviously it was nice to be recognized. Mm -hmm. Now, personal achievements we, uh, we're talking about. Last summer, you were an all-star in the Cape. Again, um, going up there, really regarded as the top summer league for college athletes, college students. Again, what is that whole sort of like, what was it like being up there competing against some of the other best uh, baseball players in the country and then earning that all-star acknowledgement? Cape Cod was a fantastic experience. Um, you know, I can't speak more highly about uh, the competition, about, you know, the host family culture, about <clears throat> baseball in general up in Cape Cod. Um, I think that they've built something really good up there mm -hmm. and year after year it delivers um, in terms of good baseball and just a good experience for college kids. So I have, you know, no bad things to say about it. Um, I was really, really happy. I got the opportunity to, um, and I think some, as somebody who comes from a school where, you know, there's not a lot of Penn, Penn kids or Ivy league kids in general that get asked to uh, play up there. Um, it was definitely a chip on my shoulder that I wanted to prove myself and show, you know, we're D1 baseball too. Um, we can hold our own up there. And I think the, uh, the all-star nomination really uh, kind of solidified that for me. Now this year, obviously you accumulated all of those great statistics. You had the third most innings pitched on the team. However, you only made a few starts, right? Coach Schwartz, Coach Jerka put a lot of faith in you to come in after either Kevin Acey or Colzafiero left with the lead maybe in the fifth or sixth inning for you to really nail down the game for the last three, four, five innings, whatever it was. Going into that, you know, you weren't sure if you're going to be a starter, if you're going to be in that role earlier in the season. What's that sort of transition like? And how do you sort of have to adjust to knowing that role where you're not just in for an inning save or you're not making a start, you are coming in for the last three, four innings a game and you're nailing down that lead? Yeah, uh, you know, it's a good question. It's um, it's definitely a different mindset than I would have as a starter or when I was a, when I was the closer up in the Cape last summer. Um, it's kind of one of those things where if you're locked in from pitch one and you're like amped up full energy, you're not going to do well because you're going to burn all your energy in innings one through three and not be ready when they call on you. So it's about, you know, you got to stay loose in the dugout. Um, you got to stay locked into the game, but you can't be can't be over energized for two hours. Uh, and then when they're, they call on you, you know, you just got to get ready the best you can and you got to deliver what you can um, out on the field. And I think that their confidence in me to put me in those situations um, helped my confidence in myself to, you know, um, to understand that if they want me out there, then I deserve to be out there. And, you know, it helps, helps with the mindset of pitching. I'm talking about mindset, uh, like you just mentioned, Kevin, one Ivy League pitcher of the year. Joe went on to get drafted by the Tigers, two guys that, you know, you played with for three years that were a year older than you. What has their sort of mindset helped you develop where now you, now you feel like you have 
maybe expectations to follow in their footsteps for pitcher of the year to be drafted. What's that sort of like mindset for you, like you said, to go into next year with? Yeah, those two guys, Kevin and Joe, not only are they fantastic baseball players, they're fantastic people off the field, um, always available to talk about anything, um, always available to give you tips on, um, you know, mechanics or grips or, you know, really anything to do with baseball and they're knowledgeable and they're, you know, they want to help. So those two guys were just fantastic teammates, fantastic guys to be around. Um, I was very lucky to have them uh, and be able to play with them for three years. And obviously um, I think, you know, Kevin going to play at UNC next year and Joe getting drafted by the Tigers, it shows that, you know, they're not all talk and they deliver when they need to. Um, So, you know, I, I know there's some big shoes to fill. Um, I'm excited to fill them. I think that, you know, they've said they've put me in a great position. I think the coaches have helped put me in a great position. I think I've helped myself um, be ready for that position my senior year. And, you know, I'm excited to see what happens. Now, obviously those guys are older than you. You're going to be a senior this year. Is there one player, an underclassman that you specifically have taken under your wing to try and be a mentor, try and be that sort of person, not just on the field, helping with grips, helping with mechanics, but be that person off the field, whether it's, giving advice for classes, social life, who has that been to you? Have, who have you sort of like mentored? And then who was that player to you as you were a, a freshman? You know, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, I can start who I kind of looked up to when I showed up to Penn. And that for me stands out in my head is Christian Scafidi, who obviously came back this year and helped us um, on the coaching side before he, he jetted off to, um, to Italy. Before um, we had to take away his joy. Before we had to take away his joy. <laughs> um, but he, uh, you know, his work ethic and his desire to be, you know, at the field and getting better, um, you know, it showed kind of to me as a freshman coming in um, and someone who never went to like a real baseball school uh, with a bunch of, with a full team of guys that wanted to win. Um, mm. It showed what it took to be a college athlete and what it took to succeed at Penn. So he was a great mentor. And on the other side of that, I don't know if I could pinpoint one particular player. I think this year I developed a really special relationship with Cool Zafiro um, just because of the situations we were put in, um, mostly on Sundays when it would be me and him expected to win the game, sometimes a rubber match, um, mm. very often you know, a card fought game where guys are tired and beat up from the double header the day before. And, you know, it'd be me and him to try to shut it down. So I think me and him, um, you know, we became throwing partners halfway through the year too. So there's just a special relationship there that, um, you know, I really valued. Absolutely. Now taking it away from the baseball, going into sort of, I guess, family life real quick. Uh, you told me earlier in the season, your dad was a national championship ice hockey player for Harvard. He was. Right? Obviously, really cool. However, we go up to Harvard earlier this season. Uh, Not only do we put up 27 runs against them, but then you come in in game two, uh, three innings of relief, strike out six, only give up one run, and you earn the save. What's that sort of like for you and your family to go up and have that really great outing at Harvard where your dad won a national championship? Yeah, that was definitely a – that was a date that was circled on my calendar. You know, I had a lot of family up there. My parents made the trip, brought my sisters. Um, I had some extended family come that live around the Massachusetts area. Um, so it was, you know, everybody was in the stands. It was nice to see everybody. Um, my dad sent me a text the night before late, actually. That was just, um, you know, 
you know, <laughs> words that I can't say on a podcast, but basically yeah. go get those crimson, you know, we're rooting for the Quakers instead, something mm-hmm. like that. So, right. you know, having them all up there, um, support, it was great. Um, and the hockey, the hockey rink is actually right next to the baseball field. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pulling in in the bus, <clears throat> you could see the rink. I've been there before. I've seen my dad's picture on the wall. So it was, it was great to be back there. It was obviously great to put up 27 runs. Yeah. Um, energy was great. So it's just fun to be there. Awesome. Very cool. Now, taking it back to before your time at Penn, talk to us about your recruiting process. Who was the first coach to sort of notice you? Was it at a showcase tournament? Just sort of give us a little insight into your specific process. Yeah. So I knew I wanted to go to a school that um, kind of valued education equally as baseball. Um, And I think the Ivy league was definitely very, very um, appealing to me in that reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Penn was probably, Penn was my number one. Um, I came to the camp, the baseball camp in October of my sophomore year, um, just to kind of get a feel for things, see if they would even liked me. And I pitched really well there. Um, I got pretty much instant interest from coach Santello. Um, we stayed in touch. We saw each other at a couple tournaments, a couple, um, you know, summer ball things down in Florida and Georgia. Um, and it got to the point where, you know, I was starting to get some offers from other colleges and I called them up and I was like, Hey, I'd really like to go to Penn. Um, is there any chance of that? And they offered me and I took it on the spot. So it was a, it was a great kind of, it was a great, you know, journey. I want to say from when I first was uh, noticed by them to when I, I, when I committed and, you know, I wouldn't change it. Absolutely. Now you mentioned going to the camps, right? You went to camp, um, October of your sophomore year or whatever it was. Um, to the listeners who are in high school right now, who want to be college athletes, who want to be, you know, maybe the next class of Quakers, how important it, from a player's point of view to go to those camps and the showcases and to really get in front of the coaches? Absolutely. I think a, a team specific camp is the best thing you can do. Um, you know, I wouldn't go to a hundred. Um, I wouldn't burn yourself out like that, but pick three or four schools that um, you're really interested in, obviously, if Penn's one of them, get down to a Penn camp. I work a lot of them, which, you know, it's a great time. Um, it shows the coaches you care. Um, it puts you right in front of their eyes uh, with no distractions. You can showcase your talents um, and then just come and be loose, you know, talk to people, um, make small talk with the players running the camp. It, you know, people, people notice that stuff and they want a good player as much as they want a good teammate. So, you know, just be yourself and, um, you know, just come and show out. A couple of weeks ago, um, Drombo and I were at youth camp. And obviously that went um, as you could picture it. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, have, I'll leave that up to your imagination. I'd want um, Drombo as a camp counselor. Yeah, he was, uh, it's like he was a camper. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So my next question uh, before we get into my next little segment is, you mentioned Penn being a top academic school right what's it like to balance that really strenuous course load with being a division one athlete yeah that's a uh, that's a very popular question that I get asked yeah. by you know a lot of people um it's oh, you're, on, you're on so many podcasts and yeah so many podcasts <laughs> just people on the street want to stop me and ask um but it's tough um you know there's no there's no way around kind of the the grittiness of it Um, which is just you get home from a long day of practice and lift you're tired you want to just kind of relax but you got schoolwork to do Um, and it's kind of the sacrifice you make when you when you go to a a high level academic institution like Penn 
Um, you know, it's going to be tough. Um, you know, there's, there's people, there's support staff. Um, we have academic advisors who are fantastic. You know, the coaches are understanding. Um, so there's definitely people that want to help you succeed if you want to succeed. Mm -hmm. um, but there's no way, there's no way to kind of sugarcoat the, the bare minimum of it. All right. We're going to go into my next segment. It's called Hit and Runs. Okay. I didn't tell you about this. Um, basically, a couple quick questions. Hit and runs. I hit you with the question, and you're on with the answer. Um, yeah. On the baseball theme, kind of corny, I know. Um, all right. It's so clever, it's gonna... though. I, I like it. Yeah, I get it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, all right. Your favorite baseball team and player? My favorite baseball team is the Red Sox. My dad was born in Massachusetts. He brainwashed my entire family, my mom likes to say. Um, my favorite player when I was younger was Dustin Pedroia. I had a fat head of him on my wall right here, actually really big. Um, that came down eventually. I really like John Lester when he was on the Sox. Um, okay. I think he's a, you know, just one of those old school pitchers who can make it um, really on any team he's in. Um, but I'd say currently, I'm really, I'm a really big fan of Edwin Diaz right now and what he's doing in the closing role for the Mets. I'm not going to. That's my guy. Yeah, you know, you know I'm a big Mets fan. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he's I mean, he's lights out. He's striking out the world right now. So first uh, six six out save last night. Yeah, absolutely. Blast the trumpets. Maybe we'll do that <laughs> for, uh, when you come out of Michael John next time. That would be <laughs> sick. <laughs> um, in your opinion, who is the best baseball player of all time? Um, I Jesus, I don't even know. Maybe Ken Griffey Jr. I feel yeah. like this is such a hard like a hot debate. And I think it's also tough, you know, I get that people like want to compare the old guys to the new guys, but the game has changed so much. Mm -hmm. it's, it's tough to compare what those guys play or how those guys play versus how today's guys play. Um, but I, yeah, I'd probably stick around Ken Griffey Jr. I think he was just all around one of the greatest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, my dad always says if he never got hurt, he would have hit 800 home runs. Yeah, you know? I believe so, it. Um, all right. Next one. You're stuck on a desert island. Three movies for the rest of your life. Three movies for the rest of my life. Shutter Island, uh, Interstellar, and um, Step Brothers. Nice. Okay. Uh, your favorite video game? I was never a big video game kid. My mom didn't really like them in the house. Um, I played Star Wars Battlefront a lot. Okay. Because okay. she wasn't into the shooting games, but somehow I think I convinced her that, you know, I'm not shooting real people. I'm shooting right. guys in suits. Yeah. So that was right. okay for a while. And I played that a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Battlefront 2 is awesome. I mean, yeah. first of all, the Lego Star Wars, the complete saga, that is my favorite of all time. <laughs> that on the Wii, oh, that is, that's my favorite game. Um, just to put that out there. Uh, your favorite musician? Favorite musician is, um, I've always been a big fan of Tom Petty. Um, big classic rock guy too and uh, I'm sure you know but this past year Penn Zach Bryan was all their age and I kind of fell in love with Zach Bryan so yeah absolutely uh, your favorite place to eat on campus oh I'm a big Greek lady guy there's you know it gets a bad rap but there's so much <laughs> options and like you know you go in for nine bucks you can get like three pounds of food and set you up well and you know yeah I gotta go Greek lady okay uh, your favorite class you've taken at Penn Ooh, that's a good question. My favorite class I've taken at Penn, um, probably Introduction to International Relations with Eileen Doherty Sill. And I say that because I really like her as a teacher. The, the course material, you know, it was interesting. I wouldn't go back and do it again, but I think there's, there's certain professors at Penn that 
um, have good reviews for a reason. And, you know, it's good to find those ones and take what they're teaching. Yeah, absolutely. And your last question, uh, why do you wear number 19? Is there a reason or did the jersey just fit? Yeah, uh, kind of both, actually. I would, okay. I've worn number 18 my entire life up until um, senior year of high school when we had a new assistant coach come into my high school and decide mm -hmm. that he wanted to be number 19. And mm -hmm. he got priority, or number 18 for that matter. So and he got priority. So then I was like, okay, well, I'll go one up. 19 it's a prime number I'm one of a kind a um, number. <laughs> and I kind of stuck with it and now I'm still number 19 all right I like it and last but not least um where can our listeners find you on social media um my Instagram handle is owen.cody and my Twitter which is just retweets of Hunter's tweets of me playing baseball is <laughs> ocody1800 I believe cool all right everyone this is Owen Cody Owen anything before we wrap it up no, man, I'm excited for senior season. Uh, definitely come out and support the Quakers next year. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Owen, have a good one, dude. Thanks, you too, man. All right, everyone. I want to thank you for listening to episode two of the Quake Show show. Tune back in next Wednesday for my interview with a Penn baseball alumni, uh, Mr. Adrian Lorenzo, who now serves as a uh, senior director role with the Miami Marlins organization. We talked about sort of updates from Marlins, he talked about his playing career and how that impacted his role, not just as a scout, but also just as a baseball person being able to relate to the players. Thank you everyone for tuning in this week and uh, I will have your ears next Wednesday. Go, Quake Show on three, one, two, three. Quake Show.